Welcome to Life in Accounting, the Where Accountants Go podcast. Life in Accounting is the podcast for everyday heroes like you working in the accounting profession. Are you ready to hear from accounting influencers, thought leaders, visionaries, and other professionals leading change in the accounting world? Then stay tuned for Mark Goldman, a CPA, the owner of Where Accountants Go, and your host. Welcome to Life in Accounting. My first exam, my first couple of exams, still had my braces on. I didn't have my license yet. I had to be dropped off by my mom at the testing center. It got some really funny looks, but it was, it was a blast. Hello, everyone. I'm Mark Goldman, a CPA and your host for Life in Accounting, the Where Accountants Go podcast. That clip was from Belicia Cespedes, the youngest person ever to become a CPA. Belicia was 17 when she passed the exam and now works with PricewaterhouseCoopers or PwC in Los Angeles. She just happened to have celebrated her 20th birthday around the time we were recording this interview. I'm embarrassed to say it, but I hadn't personally heard her story until just recently, and when I did, I just had to see if we could get her on the show. As you'll be able to hear in the interview, Alicia is a very gracious and and joyful and, and really just overall happy individual, and she accepted the invitation to be on the show pretty much immediately. I was very humbled because it was totally a cold call on my part, but she was very happy to share her story. If you haven't yet visited our home website, please do for all the show notes on this episode as well. I think you'll find it very interesting. It's www.whereaccountantsgo.com. Once again, that's whereaccountantsgo.com. Let's go ahead and get started. Here's Belicia Cespedes, a wonderful, bright, cheerful new accountant that happens to have passed the CPA exam at age 17. Good afternoon, Belicia. Thank you so much for taking the time to schedule this. You're a little unique compared to some of our other guests, definitely (laughs) earlier on (laughs) in your career. So I I know the time's hard to come by, you know, so thank you for accommodating this. I really appreciate it. Oh, my goodness. Of course. Thank you for the privilege to come and speak with you. Oh, no problem. I'm really looking forward to it. To bring the audience sort of up to speed quickly on, on how we came into contact, because I think some of the backstory is important, I was having a discussion with a friend of mine that happens to be a CPA and a partner at one of the regional firms in South Texas, and we were actually talking about homeschooling. Hmm. And in the middle, yeah, out of the blue, he says, you know, that, that individual that just passed the CPA exam and has become the youngest CPA ever was homeschooled. <laughs> and I was a little embarrassed. I vaguely remember seeing something about that story, but I, I really didn't know any details. But when he said that, I, I knew that I had to hunt you out and <laughs> see if I could get you on the podcast. So for the audience, I approached Belicia. She said yes, very quickly, I may add, that she'd be happy to share her story with us and give us a little insight into her journey so far and, and how that's worked out. And, and frankly, it's not every day that I get to speak with someone that's as accomplished as you are so early in life. So this is beautiful. 
Let's start at the beginning, though, just, just like I do with all our guests. How did you start to even think about becoming an accountant in the first place? What influenced you to go that route? Yeah. Well, may I first just say, like, thank you for all those compliments. I do not know how to take them, but I feel like it's been a very kind of normal accounting story almost from my my perspective, except with the age difference. And so you may hear in this story a lot of what you've heard from a lot of other people. But I started really just with kind of a business mindset. My dad is an entrepreneur, so he's done everything. He's tried a few real estate companies and investment companies and starting his own service businesses. So I always kind of followed him around and (laughs) played with his checkbook and did his filing for him and paid certain bills online. And so I kind of had from a young age, just a comfort with the business world. And so after I graduated high school at 13, I was just exploring that. And I took a year off to have a lot of fun. (laughs) And so I took music and sports and a couple of business classes and some language classes and some anatomy classes, just exploring some of the interests I had. And once I took that business class, I thought I wanted to be a business major. And from that, obviously, the business major has some accounting. So I took a bookkeeping and accounting class and I loved it. I just, it clicked for me. So it was really one step at a time from business to bookkeeping, accounting to accounting degree. And then after I had the degree, I decided that I would just go ahead and go for the CPA because that would open so many doors and windows. (laughs) So that's that's really how how the interest started. Wow. Well, a few questions. Uh, So you graduated at 13. (laughs) There's a lot to ask about. (laughs) Graduated at 13. When did you start homeschooling? Because my daughter's homeschooled, so this part is sort of interesting to me. Uh, Were you homeschooled from kindergarten on or... Yeah, so I was homeschooled from day one. Actually, my mom was really just kind of trying homeschooling out. She would sit my older sister and I up in a high chair and just kind of test herself. So she would try to feed us ABCs and numbers and multiplication tables, really just to kind of see if this homeschooling thing would work. So because of that, we got started early. And we were both able to read by the time we were three. And once you can read, you can really start your education. So by the time we were ready to go into public school, like I think it's age six, we were already probably in second grade. So it really wasn't an intentional, let's hurry this thing up and get done as fast as we can. It was really just how my mom really took our homeschooling from experimentation to just a lot of different methodologies and curriculum that she would use and goals that she had for us that became our goals as well. So we just kind of had a different perspective of education, mainly that a lot of learning before really college is learning how to learn. Um, So that was the goal of a lot of it. It wasn't to memorize, you know, what's behind a frog's eye. It was developing your character through writing this paper, developing your language skills. So that was our perspective to it. Okay. Learning how mm-hmm. to learn. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Do you, 
I plan to ask you this anyway. Do you, do you feel that, and if the answer is no, I respect that as well, but do you feel that somehow the homeschooling process, you know, led to you being able to pass the exam easier and get through college easier? Was there, is there any benefit that did you see versus what, what you may have experienced otherwise? I definitely do. I think homeschooling really supports and drives off of self-motivation and self-learning. And that is the CPA exam. I mean, you don't have, unless you're in a course, you don't have someone giving you deadlines and a class that's keeping you accountable or assignments that are due at a certain time. So it's really, you have to take your education into your own hands. And you do need to do that for sure in college as well. But having that habit from age six on was just so helpful in the CPA exam and was, I think, a huge factor why I could do it starting at age 16. Okay. Okay. So you graduate at age 13 mm-hmm. from high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, then, you, then you go wild for a year, taking yep. a year off <laughs> music, sports. And I, I'm sorry, I had to laugh a little bit and a few classes. So you took a year off, but you still took a few classes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you get bored without learning. Let's go. We got to keep the mind engaged. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So where did you go to college or what was college like? College was confusing to most people. So what we ended up doing was I went to a local college, a community college, as well as did CLEP testing, which is college-level examination program testing. It's essentially an AP test, but college-level, you can't, it's not a high school program. So I did that at the same time that I was also doing online classes. So with those three, at the same time, I was able to go a lot faster, obviously. (laughs) So I would say CLEP, though, were the main, were probably the, the majority of my GE units, and that's how I was able to finish in a year and a half. Okay. Okay. Have you ever taken an IQ test? Do you have? I actually haven't, no. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm just curious because I'm, I'm listening to, I'm going to community college and I'm CLEP testing and I'm doing online classes at the same time. Mm-hmm. thinking, woo, that's definitely a full load, as they say. So. <laughs> <laughs> it is a full load. <laughs> But honestly, I am no genius. I really am not. And that my family stands to prove that because my other sisters, I have four sisters, and they all are doing and did the same thing. So accelerated education is not something that you can only do if you have, you know, brain beyond the average. It's really just a dedication and a, an ability in terms of schedule and finance and all of that. But yeah, so you do not have to be a genius to do this. <laughs> do you have other accountants in your family? Any of your sisters? No, or? no, I'm, okay. I'm the only one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you graduate college, what, 16, 17 years old? Is that? 16. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And then when did you start pursuing the CPA exam and, and what was that process for you? Yeah. So I, began right after my degree, pretty much towards the end of my degree, I decided that it would be the best course of action, especially because I didn't exactly know the goal at that point. I wasn't sure where in accounting I would like to flourish, like to plant myself 
And so I knew the CPA would give me the most options. And after that, I decided to go ahead and do the 30 units, the additional 30 units that are required with my undergrad. And then started testing at 16. And (laughs) my first exam, my first couple of exams, still had my braces on. I didn't have my license yet. I had to be dropped off by my mom at the testing center. It got some really funny looks, but it was it was a blast. <laughs> that, that's wow. <laughs> that's too cool. Yeah. <laughs> now, did you pass each one, each segment, first the first time, or did you have to retake any? Or I did have to retake FAR and Reg. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Hey, was that, there you go. <laughs> was that a major blow to your ego after all this? <laughs> and... No, no. Honestly, with each exam, I didn't really expect to pass. I kind of went into each of them with a mindset of experience rather than expectation. And what I mean by that is really just that I would go into them just prepping myself as if this was a practice exam. And to see what the exam's like, see how well I can do with it, see where I'm weak so that the second time around, I would definitely be able to pass it and just be able to really kind of analyze the exam as I was taking it. And so because of that, those first passes were like, oh, this is great. Okay, I don't have to retake it. But the second, the the ones that I had to retake weren't a blow because that's what I expected, you know, and that's what I was going into accomplish. So I knew where I had to brush up. And then the second one was a lot more simple. Okay. Well, Mm -hmm. I I have to be honest, somewhere in the back of my mind, I knew you had to retake a couple. I don't know if I read online or maybe you had mentioned that to me, but I wanted to bring that out because that gives other people hope, (laughs) you know, uh, well, of course, have hope, have hope. (laughs) Exactly. And and persistence is a very important thing when you're taking the exam. Absolutely. That gives up. And my mom always said something that kind of kept me going as well when it did get hard to study that for another 10 hours, you know, the next day, (laughs) she said that this is what you're going to be spending the rest of your life with and interacting with. So might as well learn it as best as you can right now and just get off on a really good foot. So I knew that I was going to be studying this stuff for the rest of my life or at least involved with this stuff. So might as well start it now. (laughs) So that was always something that was encouraging that she told me. There you go. Now you used a review course, right? Wiley, is that correct? Yeah, so I used TPA Excel and it's put on by Wiley. I loved it. <laughs> what did you find? <laughs> Actually, we're going to do a, an episode here in a few weeks about different review courses. What, what did you like about CPA Excel? The biggest thing was that it provided options for every single style of learning. So knowing how you learn is very important for the CPA process. For me, I learn best when I put things into my own words. So I take a lot of notes. And what CPA Excel provides is flashcards, video learning, books, you know, physical books, online books. So it's really a very, I guess, complete database of just ways to learn. So if you learn best by hearing, play the videos. If you learn best by just looking at a million things, look at all the flashcards. So I really liked it for that reason. 
Hmm. That's good advice for people. Okay. What were your study habits like? You mentioned another 10 hours. I mean, how, how mm-hmm. much were you studying? How often? 40 hours a week? Or <laughs> what was that? Oh, like? it was definitely a full-time job. <laughs> um, okay. So what I did was pretty much take three weeks to a month for every exam. Okay. And basically the first two weeks were pretty typical eight-hour a day. And then the last two weeks got a little bit heavier, probably 10 hours. And then the last few days, I would just spend all day in my room just studying. So those would go 12, 14 hours sometimes just before the exam. Those were my, that was kind of my month per month. So for six months, I did nothing other than CPA exam testing. (laughs) Okay. I'm curious, you know, knowing what you know now, having gotten through it all, is there anything you would have done differently, particularly within respect to FAR and REG? <laughs> yeah, I think so. So every time that I finished going through the entire course, even though I didn't watch every single video or take every single exam until I got 100%, every time I finished all of the course material, I passed the exam. So both times that I failed, I didn't get through all the material because I was trying to be too detailed. So I think I would have done that. Just make sure that I covered all the material, even if I didn't feel 100% confident on each section before I moved on. Okay. Well, that, that is yeah. a good observation. Beautiful. Now, you've, you've been at PwC for, what, about a year now, right? Yeah. So I interned actually for a full year, which I kind of end up counting and so do they, but it's kind of interesting, but I really did start three months ago uh, okay. full-time. You, you mentioned forensic when we were talking earlier. It, it, what is the, is it the forensic department or what area are you in exactly? Yeah, so I'm in the advisory line of service because okay. we have assurance, advisory, and tax, and under advisory is forensics. So I love it, but yes, I'm in, so I'm in forensics advisory. Technically. <laughs> <laughs> and for the audience, because I usually, or almost all the time, I'm interviewing people in Texas. Belicia is actually out in California. What, what part of California? Is it L.A.? Or? Yep, Los Angeles. Los Angeles, okay. Los Angeles. West Coast, West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So did you choose to go into forensics? Did, was that one of your options, or that's just the opening they had? Or how, how did you end up being interested in that? Yeah, so when ever since I started testing for the CPA exam, I knew that I wanted to pick a niche in accounting. I didn't really want to go general assurance or tax. Hmm, okay. So I started a lot of research, went to a lot of AICPA conferences, talked to a bunch of professionals just about what they do and kind of the different options in accounting. And so that, that question to me of in every conference, you know, what's your dream? What's your goal? What are your passions? I'm like, I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> but I was doing a lot of research and forensics, IT auditing, nonprofit accounting, and a few other things stood out to me. So when I was here in my internship during my master's degree, I asked to kind of have projects from a couple of different groups. And I was able to try risk assurance and auditing and a little bit of tax and 
then as well, internal audit and forensics. And once I got to forensics, <laughs> once I started that project, I just, I loved it. I knew that was it. That's wow. when I decided to go forensics. So what do you like about it? What do you enjoy most? What are some of the things you do that you really enjoy in forensics? Yeah. So I'm on the investigations team usually. So we do a lot of licensing and then there's an investigations part. And the reason I really like that, I think one of the biggest things is that it really feels like I'm helping my client directly. I'm not, you know, going through a large organization to kind of provide an indirect help. I'm really on the case with a small team, just getting this issue resolved for them. And when obviously forensics, we come in in crisis situations. So whether it's fraud or bribery or, you know, some litigation case that they're suing for, it's a very direct involvement with, you know, promoting justice and really helping your client. So I love that aspect of it. So it's still very accounting-based, still feels like a lot of auditing, but at the same time, your client wants you there. Your client needs your help. You know, they're in a crisis situation. They need your expertise. So that, that's what I think I love about it. And I don't have that expertise yet, <laughs> but I work for people who do, so I work with them on that. Okay. Okay. Well, you haven't been there long enough for the right. statute of limitations to, to have run out on anything, so I can't ask you for any, you know, stories yet. <laughs> I've got gotcha. a yeah. <laughs> you, you may find this interesting. I know I mentioned this to you before. We, we did a two-part series on forensic accounting here oh, four or five months ago. But mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. second individual was a prior law enforcement officer, and, and he gets into some of the stories of, of things they handled. So I mean, just, just for your own benefit, you, you may enjoy that. His name's Billy Petty. He's in Austin, Texas, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So you're... You're going to come across some some interesting situations, I'm sure, the longer you do that. <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. I'm excited to see what those are. <laughs> well, what what are your your dreams or, or plans at this point? I, I know it's been three months. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? But do you have Have you thought about the proverbial you know three to five years down the road kind of thing? <laughs> I have thought about it. I have and. I think there's a lot of goals that have started to form in my mind and my heart around passions I have. And some of them are so random <laughs> that they really don't fit into this, you know, into forensics and accounting. But there are a few within accounting that I would just that are my goals right now. And the biggest one probably is just to develop an expertise in forensics and to be able to see as many cases and grab onto as many experiences as possible so that hopefully one day I can be the witness on the stand, you know, giving my expert testimony because for the case based on my expertise. So just really building that expertise and hoping to take that into probably expert witnessing one day. Wonderful. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you mentioned (laughs) earlier Areas of interest, uh, you were attending AICPA conferences and you mentioned forensics yeah. and IT security and I think there was something else, but then there was nonprofit. And yeah. Have you had the opportunity to, to do anything in the nonprofit world, either through forensic accounting or through your internship, or is that sort of an unscratched itch so far? So 
pretty much my involvement in not-for-profit accounting has not been on the business side of things, but more as just the volunteer side of things. So I always love keeping that side very, very active in my life, but not really on the accounting side of things. We'll see if that that door is opened one day. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, before we get to the, the final three questions, something else popped in my mind, and so I'll ask this two different ways. So you're 20 years old now, right? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> we have a large listener base in that sort of that student age group. So your early 20s, mid-20s, I'm sure mm-hmm. probably, you know, some 19-year-olds, you know, maybe maybe even younger. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> I, I know we have some from that area, and and I know from talking to previous guests that we have some CPA firm partners, you know, that just, just find people's stories interesting that listen. So anything, either number one, that you think maybe the older CPAs need to know, hmm. you know, the, I don't know, 40, 50-plus-year-old CPAs need to know, or any thoughts you have for the student level? You know, the, the individuals that are 18, 19, 20. Any, any, either way, I'll leave that to you. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the biggest things that I've seen as kind of a young accountant coming into the corporate world is that a lot of people, when, when they meet me and when they, they start to hear my story, they see that there is this happiness there that they they always ask me, like, how can I get that? And that is something that I would just love to be able to share with people because, honestly, no matter how long you've been in the profession, no matter if you're taking your CPA exam, you know, no matter what difficulties you may be experiencing in your life, you can bring joy to it. And I love this quote. It is written by G.K. Chesterton. And he said, let me see if I can get it right. He said, an inconvenience is only an adventure wrongly considered. And an adventure is always an inconvenience rightly considered. So I love sharing that with people just to, to show them, like, even if it's a CPA exam, a lot of us see that as an inconvenience that's just preventing you from getting to your career. It doesn't have to be that way. It can be an absolute adventure, and it certainly was for me. And that's true for for every step and every walk of my life. And that can be true for yours as well. Who who are the mentors in your life that have helped you develop this attitude of joy? Because I Mm -hmm. I can tell there must be somebody. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I have a lot of good friends, but I would say primarily my mom. She is, I have never seen her angry. Can you believe that? I have wow. never seen my mother angry. Wow. At least not at me or my sister. She's never been angry. I don't, I don't get it. And she just has such a heart of love for people around her, for her Lord, for her faith, that it's just, that's really what keeps her grounded. And so I aspire to be more and more like her every day. That is beautiful. All right. Shout out to mom. I'm going to have to give yes. the email address so I can send her a link. <laughs> Absolutely. She would love it. <laughs> She'll love it. Well, I want to be respectful of your time because I believe you're sharing your lunch hour with us to do this. So thank you. Um, of course. 
I end every podcast with, with the same three questions because it gives us some consistency, and I think it's just a good way to, to end each episode. The first one is usually the easiest. What's been your proudest moment? Honestly, I think it was when I got my CPA license, when I saw the physical license. And what had happened actually was that my parents got it in the mail, and they hid it from me for two weeks. And I was dying, like, Mom and Dad, where is my license? When is it coming in? And they hid it from me and then ended up throwing a huge surprise party. So I got home from a tournament one day, and I see 100 people at my house just running out of my driveway and telling me congratulations. And then I go through an arch of some of my best friends and then see my dad at the end of that arch with my license in his hand. And that moment, that feeling is just inexpressible. It was so good to see that physical representation of the last six months of my life. So that was a very proud moment. (laughs) When you first started saying that, I thought, wow, your parents are some tough practical jokers, you know, holding on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, that's true too. So. That's neat. That's neat. Well, tell us about a mistake you've made and what you learned from it, of course. And I always tell our guests, the bigger, the better. But you've only had so much time to make mistakes. So whatever you'd like to share with us. (laughs) I made a pretty big mistake. So when I was recruiting with firms, I didn't really know the way that big four accounting firms work with their internships. So uh, I won't say the name, but I accepted an an offer from another company and I I wasn't super open about communicating that like in advance because I thought, okay, once my internship here is done, it's done and that's it. And then I move on to, you know, somewhere else. Oh. But I didn't know that it's, that's not really the way it works. <laughs> so once that was coming up and I was extending my, my internship here, then obviously that was going to overlap with the other. And so, conversations started to come up in that way. And so no one was looking at me like, oh, how dare you? What in the world? But it was, it did burn some bridges and there were some feelings hurt there and just a lot of really awkward conversations. So what I learned from that was just to be over communicative. And I know that sounds so cliche and I, and I don't really like that phrase, communicate, 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 because that is what we hear all the time. But it's so true. Just being open about kind of what you're thinking and in terms of your career, but also just in terms of a project or, you know, something you need help on. Expressing that is really important because we work with people. We don't work with machines. We work with people. And so we all have some unsureties and just things we're not completely 100% confident in. And that was one of my mistakes. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Know, you're making me think of something because I've heard employers mention that they were disappointed because an intern had accepted the internship and then pulled out later on. But but you said mm-hmm. you weren't sure how it worked. And, and I'm wondering if maybe on the employer side, we need to do a better job of communicating what the expectations are, you know, about the internship. Mm-hmm process. And that's, hmm, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) 
course. That'll, that'll be good for students and employers that listen to this. That, thank you. Beautiful. Cool. Well, last question. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? And then we'll say goodbye. I think the, the best piece of advice was actually from a book that I read. I love reading, clearly. <laughs> and it said, your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. And that is true for all walks of life. And that has really helped me here as an accountant, just knowing that what I give in value doesn't just have to be a spreadsheet. It's a contribution to the workplace itself, to the morale of the people around me, to their lives as people, not just to this company that I walk into every day and seeing what kind of value I can give and having that as the, the primary goal and the primary mindset rather than, okay, what am I getting? What am I getting? What am I getting out of this? It has been a very cool mindset to have and very helpful in my career already. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us and, and thank you for sharing your time with us. I, I'm going to add to that because when you say that, it makes me think of a theme that's come up among many guests, and that's, you know, to whom much is given, much is expected. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's how you, you get more out of life, by giving in the first place. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for joining us. This has been another episode of Life and Accounting, the Where Accountants Go podcast. For our audience out there, if you haven't yet visited our home website, please do so. You can find links to all the certifications for accountants, obviously the CPA certification, which is what we were talking about here, as well as the show notes for each and every episode, including this one, of course. And that website is whereaccountantsgo.com or www.whereaccountantsgo.com. On that note, Felicia, are there any final thoughts or words of wisdom you'd like to share with our listening audience? Go have fun, guys. Go have some fun and enjoy the people around you. I love it. I love it. Well (laughs) said. (laughs) Well, thank you again for joining us. And to our listeners out there, thank you for listening in. Everybody have a great week. There's more to come.